Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to So That Just Happened, a podcast for those who have lost their person and want to find themselves. I'm Carly Cooper, a single mom, widow, coach, author, and chronic truth seeker. My superpower is finding the funny, the hope, and the silver lining in any shit situation. This podcast is for the purpose of education only and is not a replacement for therapy. If you need additional support, please seek out a trained professional for help with your specific situation. Let's get to it, shall we? I'm just going to start off by saying that life after trauma can be a total mindfuck. I have always been a deep thinker, an overanalyzer, and someone who spends a tremendous amount of time up in her head. It can be incredibly exhausting and very anxiety-producing. But since experiencing the traumatic death of my husband, the nonsensical shit that goes through my mind and the places I go with my thoughts, let's just say if I could get frequent flyer points for every story I created in my head, I'd be able to fly across the world weekly for free for the rest of my life in first class. Now I'm not saying my thoughts are dark or morbid and they're not self-deprecating, I actually love who I am and think quite highly of myself. What I'm referring to here are the conflicts I create, the stories I make up, the subtext I read into. This isn't necessarily new territory for me. I guess it just feels next level. And I know from being a life coach and a mindset coach and working with hundreds of clients for over 16 years, creating and believing the stories we tell ourselves is an ongoing struggle for many people. But I find since experiencing such a great loss, the fears I face are different. They're no longer about me not being good enough or getting enough clients or feeling unworthy and undeserving of good things. Now my fears are about losing those I love and experiencing the insufferable pain again, feeling the need to control others and situations to try and prevent anything bad from happening again working tirelessly to protect my energy and inner peace and fear of going back into that dark emotional hole I worked so hard to claw my way out of. I guess I just swapped out the things I worry about now, and they feel more important than they used to. But it's all relative, I guess. I'm an incredibly self-aware person, and I've done over 30 years of personal development and a tremendous amount of work to rewire my brain so I can catch myself pretty quickly when I notice I'm starting to fall down the rabbit hole of overthinking. And then I can course correct. But I'm a flawed human and I still get sucked under from time to time. So here's the thing. We're all hardwired to feel fear. Anytime you feel emotionally or physically threatened, whether you're in actual danger or not, your body and mind will trigger the fight or flight response to prepare you. This response happens whether you're actually being chased by a bear or you're stuck in traffic and have three minutes to get to an important meeting. This response can even happen when you just think about everything you have to tackle in a day. The occasional fight or flight response is a good thing. It protects you from real danger. But most people live in a chronic state of stress, worry, and anxiety. They sweat the small stuff every day. And 9.5 times out of 10, these worries are only fabrications created in their mind. 
Now, this is actually good news because it means you have the power to change things. You can learn how to have more control over your mind and the thoughts that creep in. Every day, our brains process about 70,000 thoughts, so it's impossible to stop them from coming in. And you can't begin to control the first thought you have, which, if you're like most people, will be negative or fear-based. But you can control the second thought. You can take a pause and choose to think differently. That's the work. The ninja mindset tricks that can change the game for you. Okay, so here's how this has been presenting for me lately. Remember, the fears that are running on loop in the background of my brain are feeling worried at the first sign of other people's unhappiness or discomfort and the fear that I will slip back into my own dark emotional place again. So I'm trying to get ahead of all that And as a result, I'm working tirelessly to try and control other people's moods and feelings. I want everyone I surround myself with and interact with to always feel happy and good and light. And I want us to buy property on Rainbow and Unicorn Island. Now, before you stage an intervention, I'm well aware of how ridiculous this all sounds. I can't really afford to live on Rainbow and Unicorn Island. I know logically that expecting everyone to always feel happy and good is impossible. And that as hard as I try, I can't control other people. But fear often trumps logic. So in these moments, when I'm feeling extra sensitive or triggered, and I receive a text or hear a tone of voice that doesn't quite land the way I want, I read into it. And I interpret it through that lens of negativity, self-doubt, or insecurity. Now, I'm also a very intuitive and deep-feeling person. So I know sometimes I'm reading or hearing things and interpreting them in the correct way in which they are intended. And if that's the case, I will always advocate for myself if I feel like it's undeserving or uncalled for, and I'm speaking up. But I'm discovering that many times... I get it wrong. I may think there's a negative tone or attitude when there isn't, and I take responsibility for that. I've also learned that instead of assuming or reacting or ruminating, which gives me anxiety if I'm not sure about something, and I need clarification, I just ask. Because unlike Tom Cruise's character in A Few Good Men, I can handle the truth, and it's better for my well-being and mental state to know exactly what I'm dealing with. So let me break this down for you. A text is just a text. An event or a situation is just an event or a situation. It is what it is without any kind of emotion attached to it. But then we swoop in, have thoughts and emotions about it, and interpret it. And these thoughts and interpretations are going to cause you to have one of three reactions. The reaction will either be positive, negative, or neutral. So much of how we interpret and react to things is based on our life history, our personality, our upbringing, the beliefs that were instilled in us by our parents, teachers, friends, religion, culture, and society. Everything plays a part, so don't be too hard on yourself if you're struggling. 
It takes a lot of self-awareness, a determination to want to do the work to change things, and the willingness to feel and revisit the really tough stuff. So let's talk for a minute about our thoughts. The thoughts you think influence how you feel and then behave. If most of your thoughts are negative or fear-based, you're going to stay stuck feeling negative emotions and behaving in a way you're not proud of. I want to share how I allowed one of my teacher's comments that was said to me over 25 years ago to stop me from using my voice to express myself. When I was in my 20s, I enrolled in a copywriting course. I handed in a piece of copy to my teacher that I felt really proud of. I was confident that I was going to get a great mark and glowing comments. Cue the blind side. When she handed back the assignment, I read her comment and felt like I had been punched in the gut. All it said was, Carly, did you even try? Forget the fact that she was a piece of shit, terrible human and teacher, but that comment derailed me for years and was one of the main reasons that I struggled for so long to grow my business or share my thoughts and beliefs about things. Anytime I had to write marketing copy, I was terrified to really express myself because I was so afraid of being criticized or judged. I hid behind my computer playing it safe and small because I allowed my limiting thoughts and beliefs and self-doubt to control me. I convinced myself that I had nothing valuable to share, and I sought outside approval and validation because I never fully trusted myself anymore to be able to discern if something was good enough if I was good enough. To be honest, I still feel this every time I create a new podcast. I have no idea how they're going to land. Even though I'm a lot more confident in my own skin now, I still get trapped in this vicious cycle of allowing my thoughts and emotions to control my actions or reactions. Maybe you felt this way too. Have you ever talked yourself out of creating something new? Stopped yourself from putting yourself out there again or follow the herd instead of living on your own terms because you fear being judged, criticized, or ridiculed? We create meaning based on the stories we tell ourselves about a person, a relationship, or a situation we find ourselves in. We put our own personal spin when we think about future events or recall awkward or uncomfortable situations from our past. Let's say you make the brave decision to put yourself back out there in the dating scene and you send a text or a message to someone you're interested in getting to know better. One day goes by, then another. It's now been over a week and you still haven't heard back. If you've been feeling insecure or doubtful about your ability to find love again, you've likely created a story around why this person hasn't responded. You might think, I'm just not attractive enough. Or did my text seem too desperate? Am I too damaged to feel love again? Now, I understand why being ghosted feels like shit. And truthfully, I don't know one person who wouldn't create some kind of story around this at first glance. But you can have a more peaceful experience when you have the awareness and choose to be conscious and intentional with where your mind takes you. So if we go back to the example You've created a story around why you haven't heard back from this person, and none of it is actually based on fact or reality. But when you dwell on it long enough, it feels very real. The thing is, when you make up stories, you create and feed your doubt. 
You give yourself reasons to worry, things to obsess over, and cause to feel miserable. In order to stop the stories from negatively impacting your emotions and behavior, you must seek the truth from the actual source. In this case, you could send another text to the person and ask if he or she received your first text. Now, you want to do this in a cool, non-desperate, or needy way. For all you know, maybe they were about to text back and had every intention of replying, but life happened and they just simply forgot. If they ghost you a second time, well, they're not your people anyway and not worth another second of your time. It may sting a bit, but I believe it's still good information to have. It gives you closure to move on. Whatever is in your head is a story. Once you become aware that you're telling yourself a bunch of lies, you have the option to continue telling it, find the truth, or let it go if you decide it's not for you anymore. I want to share with you the crooked thinking patterns that contribute to our negative outlook, anxiety, worry, fear, anger, and guilt. It's important to be aware of these negative ways we think because they increase our stress and anxiety and really prevent us from experiencing any kind of joy or happiness. As I go through these crooked thinking patterns, feel what resonates with you. Which of these thought patterns do you experience on a regular basis? This isn't about judging or shaming yourself. We all do it and fall into at least one, if not many of these patterns. Having awareness is key to making the mind shift. The first form of crooked thinking is personalization. This happens when you quite literally take everything personally. Someone who experiences this kind of thinking will also compare themselves to others. They hold themselves responsible for things that really have nothing to do with them at all. For example, if your friend, child, or someone you're in a relationship with is in a bad mood, you automatically default to thinking, what did I do to make him or her feel this way? So here's the fix. Ask yourself, does this really have anything to do with me? And if it doesn't, let the thought go and move on. If you are responsible in some way, have a conversation with this person, clear the air, and then move forward. The next form of crooked thinking is magnification. This thinking habit occurs when you exaggerate or catastrophize an event or situation. Basically, you blow things way out of proportion. An example of this may be if you find yourself currently single after losing a significant other and you convince yourself that you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. The fix. Ask yourself, what's the actual reality of this situation? If you're too emotional to think rationally or objectively, ask a trusted third-party, emotionally unattached person who can listen to your situation and give you an objective viewpoint. The next form of crooked thinking is all or nothing. This kind of thought pattern is all about seeing things in black or white, right or wrong, good or bad. There's no middle ground. You're either smart or stupid, worthy or worthless. The future is either bright or all things are going to hell. All or nothing thinkers see things in extremes. So here's the fix. All or nothing thinkers find more peace of mind when they can learn to live in the gray. 
They can find the silver lining and they look for growth opportunities and lessons during the hardships. The next form of crooked thinking is mind reading. This happens when you assume to know what someone else is thinking or what they need or want. For example, a family member might think that another family member is holding a grudge against them, but doesn't actually bother to ask or find out the truth. This goes back to figuring out what stories we tell ourselves when we create a story around what we think someone feels about us. Here's the fix. Find out the truth from the people involved, even if you think the truth is going to hurt. From my experience, the pain of the actual truth hurts much less than the false truth I'm going to create. We can definitely be our own worst enemies here. The next form of crooked thinking is focusing only on the negative and filtering. This is a glass half empty kind of thinker. They pick out a single negative detail of an event or situation, magnify it and dwell on it until their view of this event becomes distorted. They discount anything positive that may have occurred. Here's the fix. Look for the positive or silver lining in every situation. It may be small at times, but there's always something there if you're determined to find it. The next form of crooked thinking is should thinking. People who engage in this kind of thought pattern set unrealistic expectations of themselves or others. Perfectionism also falls in this category, and it's a recipe for failure, anxiety, and misery. Should statements include, I should work out more. I should be more successful at this stage of my life. I should weigh this much in order to be more attractive. These kinds of statements make us feel shame, guilt, and that we're not good enough. Here's the fix. Set realistic goals and expectations for yourself and towards others. The next form of crooked thinking is blaming. When a person engages in blame thinking, they hold other people or external circumstances responsible for their emotional pain or hardship. They take no ownership of their role in their outcome. For example, when someone says, stop making me feel guilty, they fail to realize that nobody can make them feel anything. Only we have control over our emotions and reactions. Another form of blame thinking is when someone blames themselves for every problem, even things they can't control. They assume that everything is their fault. Here's the fix. Look at the role you're playing when it comes to your feelings. If you're not happy with the results you're getting, ask yourself, what can I do to make this better? When you blame yourself for things that are out of your control, ask Is this really happening because of something I did? The last form of crooked thinking is overgeneralizing. In this thinking distortion, a person comes to a general conclusion based on a single incident or a single piece of evidence. In other words, if something bad happens just once, they see this as their pattern for life. For example, If you're typically a calm and cool parent, but on one particular day, all your buttons were being pushed and you yelled at your child and made him or her cry, if you're an overgeneralizing thinker, you'd conclude that you're a horrible parent and you've damaged your child for life. Here's the fix. Take things one incident at a time. Learn from your mistake 
forgive yourself and move on. So do you recognize yourself in any of these crooked thinking patterns? Are you creating stories and believing them? Can you see how you're contributing to your own pain and suffering? I hope what I shared here sheds some light and that this new awareness allows you to create a different story for this next chapter in your life. One where you live happily ever after on Rainbow and Unicorn Island. Bye for now. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to this So That Just Happened podcast. I really hope you found value in this episode and that you're walking away with at least one golden nugget that you can implement or feel inspired by. I would be so grateful if you would share it with one friend or family member who is committed to moving forward and transforming their life. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode and please leave me a review. It would mean so much to me. Also, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at @coachcarly. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.